trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding and today I'm talking with Bill Lyons and Susie Byersdorfer Ohio community rights activists and co-writers of the new book, Death by Democracy. Bill Lyons is a co-organizer of Columbus Community Bill of Rights, a group that is working to protect the water of the Columbus metro area from toxic and radioactive frack waste. Bill is also the president of the Ohio Community Rights Network, whose mission is to establish a network of just communities in Ohio, working to advance community rights and the rights of nature. Bill also teaches mathematics at Columbus State Community College and has taught mathematics and science on four different continents. Susie Beiersdorfer is a teacher, geologist, community activist, and tree planter who has lived in Youngstown, Ohio for 28 years. Growing up in Bakersfield, California, her family owned an oil tool service company. After getting a BS in geology from University of California at Davis, Susie worked as a mud logger in the oil and gas fields of California. Susie taught elementary school in California, homeschooled her twin daughters, and taught geology and environmental sciences at Youngstown State University. She co-founded Frack Free Mahoning Valley and the Youngstown Community Bill of Rights Committee, qualifying 10 citizen initiatives for the ballot between 2013 and 2018. She is secretary for the Ohio Community Rights Network and president of the National Community Rights Network. Death by Democracy, pretty dramatic title. Let's talk about your work and why you each have written a chapter in this book. Susie, I've known you for nearly 12 years. I first met you in Youngstown at a fracking workshop held in the Unitarian Church. And then later, we both delivered petitions to Governor John Kasich's office to end fracking. Bill, we've worked together almost that long. We first met at the Radioactive Waste Alert presentation of Mark Jacobson from Stanford University and when he presented his comprehensive plan for global renewable energy. So we are longtime friends and activists. Susie, let's talk about your work in Youngstown and about the chapter that you wrote in Death by Democracy. Thank you very much, Carolyn, and it's great to be here. Uh, our story started long before Bills of Rights, and uh, we found out that our wonderful Mill Creek Park, the drilling rights had been leased, the deep drilling rights, under the park and uh, to Chesapeake Oil of Oklahoma. So we all got together and wondered what we should do. Our first thoughts as most citizens are to contact our local council people um, and also the Mill Creek Park uh, Commission Board and air our concerns. Uh, we found no relief there. We started creating our own petitions, you know, no drilling under the park. And, and then things started uh, happening. This was in 2011. We started having earthquakes from an injection well. And throughout 2011, there were probably six to seven felt earthquakes, but actually over 500 recorded quakes. Uh, in the fall, we start, you know, we'd been saying we thought there was a connection, but of course, without the science, you know, you can say yes at time and space, but 
Uh, we did have Columbia University come in and put seismometers and it was validated that that was the issue. Um, the governor shut down that injection well on December 30th and on December 31st, 2011, we had a 4.0 earthquake, which was felt from Canada to Eastern Indiana. I was uh, scheduled to speak at the council meeting that following Wednesday. So I certainly had, uh, you know, my topic <laughs> already picked for me. So I talked about the infrastructure and, you know, we live in an older city with old, you know, water pipes and that kind of stuff. And there were definite, you know, issues around some chimneys and lots of cracks in foundations. So they uh, had a public meeting with over 800 participants, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources and the local city officials. And rather than quell people's fear and tell, tell us what they were going to do about it, uh, the program was basically saying, trust us, you're safe, you know, everything will be fine. So that's when we started Frack Free Mahoning Valley, the group, to educate about fracking, about the dangers of fracking. So that went on uh, during 2012. We discovered frack wells in our drinking water protection area, which is meander water, which is the drinking water for over 220,000 people. Uh, one of our people laid down in front of frack trucks and got arrested. And so we were still, you know, educating, still trying to go to the state. I know we met a number of times down in Columbus at anti-fracking rallies and, you know, just trying to get support from the government that we thought was there to protect us. And then we came to the conclusion that nobody but us is going to protect us. We also found out that local control had been taken away uh, in 2004 by a House bill, House Bill 278, so that local officials could not even say, no, we don't want that uh, destructive operation within our city. So, so we started working with Ben Price and the Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund. We first started with trying to do an ordinance, but the council people did not uh, bite. You know, they said they were interested and we ended up having a public meeting on like two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in the chamber where a lot of people in our area are still in church. So, uh, so then we worked together with uh, Ben Price and Seldeth and drafted uh, our first community bill of rights, and that was to ban fracking and injection wells in the city. Uh, we had major opposition that time, um, all times, and, um, you know, we changed the language the next time. And like you said in the introduction, we ended up doing, you know, 10 different bills of rights uh, we did two in 2013, two in 2014, and then we got smart and used primary election day to collect uh, signatures, you know, valid voter signatures. You know, in the beginning, you think, oh, my gosh, we have so many signatures to get. And I know Columbus has so many more than Youngstown needs, um, but that turned out to be the easy part. In 2017, we actually had two bills, a drinking water protection bill of rights and a free and fair election bill of rights to try to get the corporate money out of our local elections. We'd already found over $500,000 that we know of spent against us. The flyers were all, you know, look at this, the Democrats and the Republicans are together, uh, you know, against this bill, so it must be bad. 
you know, all the community leaders, you know, the, the mayor and the president of YSU and, you know, everybody was against us. And, you know, that old uh, tagline, jobs, 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 and we were job killers. I mean, the beauty of the book is the common threads that are there among all the stories. So actually, so in 2017, we were kept off the ballot because of another state bill that had been uh, pushed into a foreclosure bill in December of 2016. They call those the Christmas bills because they're given presents to the industry. And that allowed boards of elections to decide whether or not a bill of rights could be placed on the ballot, even if you'd gone through all the signature gathering and the approval of the council and and all those different things. So we were kept off um, from the Ohio Supreme Court. I know one of the uh, dissenting judges had quite a a comment about not talking about the elephant in the room, which was the oil and gas industry, Uh, but still we were kept off. And then that that bill was used, you know, a number of times. And then I don't know if it's even been deemed unconstitutional. A senator once said, well, there's a lot of bills that, you know, would be unconstitutional if they actually looked at them. But anyway, the next time we went to the Supreme Court in uh, May of 2018, uh, because we decided to do it again, they didn't make a decision until two weeks after early voting had started. So it was a nightmare both for us and for our county board of elections because they had to print a new page. They had to, you know, send out absentee ballots, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, that was tough. And then in summer of 2018, we decided to just go for it again because now they couldn't really keep us off. So we did. And so our last attempt was in November uh, of 2018. You know, we lost all the times, but, you know, we gained more Uh, people that were educated about this, you know, certainly more people that said, why don't we have local control? Um, So, you know, it was very positive. It was always in a reactive state. And that's where a lot of our groups have been. And so I think, you know, we're coming into these new times where we want to, you know, really envision what we want communities to look like. I know, you know, the global warming, climate warming is, you know, urging us on. Uh, So the book was just a wonderful collaboration. Bill, why don't you talk to us about the Columbus Community Bill of Rights and what you guys have, we have gone through. Yeah, well, let's see, back in what, 2014, I think Carolyn, you and Greg Pace discovered that there was a site in Columbus, Ohio Soil and Recycling, that had permission to remediate with solid radioactive toxic waste from the fracking industry. And uh, then uh, you found out that there are actually injection wells in Columbus's watershed area north of Columbus, 13 of them, that are still taking fracking waste. And we're downstream from those, so we're at risk of those, those, those leak. And the radioactivity stays radioactive for thousands of years, the radium-226 uh, especially, that's in uh, fracking waste. So 2014, uh, we first proposed a Community Bill of Rights charter amendment. And then that was in what, about uh, in the middle of 2014. Then in November, the city of Columbus had a charter review commission and they decided to limit citizen ballot initiatives to one year. Well, there's no other city in Ohio we've researched that has such a restriction. There was no restriction before that. And that was right in the middle of our campaign. 
So we had to turn in our signatures after one year's time, and we fell about a thousand valid signatures short, even though we collected over 13,000 signatures. We've gone through four attempts. Uh, Our second time, we started in like March of 2016. Again, we had one year to collect them. This time we went for an ordinance. And um, we were, again, uh, we collected about 11,000 that time and fell about 1,000 signatures short again. We decided, all right, let's really push. And we relaunched our third attempt just after ComFest and in 2017. And we, when we turned in our signatures in 2018, we had collected over 18,000 this time. We needed just under 9,000. Yeah, and this is amazing because we're just unpaid. This is unpaid and a small group of people collecting, it's putting thousands of hours into this this campaign, going to all kinds of events. And we needed just under 9,000 and we got over over 12,000 valid signatures. So we were way over it. We, uh, so we met the signature requirement. The uh, city council and the city attorney both said that we met all legal requirements. And so they said, okay, we should be on the ballot. Well, the Franklin County Board of Elections when they had their meeting, and like Susie mentioned, recently uh, before that, they passed this unconstitutional House Bill 463 that gave boards of elections judicial authority, really, where they're not a court, to if they felt, legal term, something is beyond municipal authority, they could keep it from the ballot. So they voted to just strike us from the ballot. And, and it was outrageous because when you think about all the uh, thousands of people who have signed our petitions. We've, uh, over the course of like 50,000 people signing our, our petitions, they, they didn't get the chance to, to vote on this. So again, we, we, we sued at the Supreme Court and they did kind of an underhanded thing, the House Supreme Court, rather than rule on what the Board of Elections clearly used, House Bill 463, they went around it and used some other ruling. Well, what gave us Obviously, we're very disappointed, but what gave us hope is a couple of weeks later, uh, just a few weeks later, uh, the uh, decision of, of uh, there was a decision in Toledo to keep a initiative off the ballot. Actually, there were two of them, but the Lake Erie Bill of Rights being one of them, one, one was a Toledo jail initiative that they sued. And then the Supreme Court overturned that ruling that they used against us just a few weeks later. And that was a charter amendment. And they said, we'll leave uh, ordinances for the next time. So then we said, well, wait, if the Supreme Court now is going to allow charter amendments and not allow Board of Elections to stop it, we'll start again. So we started again in 2019, just at ComFest. Again, with a major effort, we got nine months into our campaign and we all know what happened in March 2020. COVID. So we had about three months left and we'd already collected about 9,000 signatures. So we were well on our way. And so we asked the city council to give us relief because how can we collect signatures and risk our lives and people's lives with this pandemic? And who's, you know, plus all the events were being canceled and so forth. Well, they and the, and the city clerk's office uh, refused to give us any relief. And so we had to sue and um, we were forced to turn in our petitions. And of course, we were short because we didn't have the full full time frame. And um, the judge, basically, the city attorneys argued that because the governor didn't uh, exempt free speech activities, <laughs> even though we weren't supposed to be uh, uh, activities where many activities were closed and all that, that 
they argued that we should have been at the protests of the at uh, the Capitol when there were the Black Lives Matter protests after uh, George Floyd murder and of the um, reopen Ohio protests collecting signatures. Outrageous that they expected us for our democratic right to risk our health and the health of other people. And uh, so uh, the the judge, conservative judge, ruled against us. And so that's uh, what what happened. And that was in uh, you know 2020. So that's that's where we are. Okay, this is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio Radio and Podcast, and I'm talking with Susie Beiersdorfer and Bill Lyons. Both are community rights activists here in Ohio. And they've just co-written with five others who have written the book, Death by Democracy. Oh, good. Thanks, Susie. Show that to folks who are watching YouTube. And then, of course, folks who are listening can always go to our podcast on SoundCloud or on Apple Podcast and see the visual and Facebook too, the visual of the book. We'll talk more about it. So every single one of these groups has really tried to do the right thing, the legal thing, and try to go through the process of initiative and referendum, create either an ordinance for their municipality or their county or a charter amendment. Mm-hmm. And every every path was blocked, either by city or by state, by the judicial system. So this is why we have the book Death by Democracy. Is that why it's named that? Can you yeah. tell us? Tell us a little bit about creating this book and and the Ohio Community Rights Network. I know, Bill, you're the president of that right now. So why don't you tell us about that network and the book? Yeah, Yeah, well, we're a network of um, communities throughout Ohio. uh, And like you mentioned, there there are seven communities in the book here, but we've worked even with other ones here. So there's Athens, Columbus, Medina County, Portage County, Toledo, Williams County, and Youngstown. And some of those like the counties were working on county charter amendments with bills of rights in them that were struck down. So we are a network that is uh, working on issues of community rights, that we should have the rights, shouldn't we, in our communities to keep out the harmful things and to have a democratic uh, local self-governance to uh, enact those things that are for our health, safety, and welfare. <laughs> so has uh, you know isn't that democracy i think most people would agree and and the fact that we haven't been able to do that then in essence the title death by democracy but the subtitle is protecting water and life frontline stories from ohioans fighting corporate and state power so that's probably more telling of what's uh, what why uh, it's called that what we've tried to do in the book there so and susie you're the president of the national Community Rights Network. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So the National Community Rights Network is a network of state networks. (laughs) And so supporting each other and, you know, like the state networks, you know, working to educate people about local self-governance, the rights of nature, and that we do have the right to envision and build the communities that we want to build. So the National Community Rights Network was started in about 2014. And the states involved are Oregon, uh, Washington, though it's not, doesn't have a representative on our board, Colorado, Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, New Hampshire, and then our newest state, Virginia. 
So, you know, the groups are working on different issues. You know, we used to be much more environmentally focused and we are, I know in Colorado, uh, there was a homeless bill of rights done in Denver, um, you know, that we, you know, help support. And so we have monthly calls and we've had some really great people like Greg Coleridge moved to amend and Shannon Biggs from the movement rights. And so, so we're basically an education, uh, educational organization, but also supporting our state networks. All right. Now um, I'd like just to segue into beyond community rights into nature's right. The rights of nature. Bill, do you want to give that, give folks a concept? We've, we've covered a little bit before, but mm-hmm. yeah. More. yeah, well, uh, we think that, first of all, we are part of nature. (laughs) And if we destroy nature, we're destroying ourselves. And the fact that we've allowed extractive industries and and with uh, just profit motive and uh, destroying the habitats and the clean water and the air and the soil that we depend on for our life is, is definitely a wrong. And so one of the ways with our legal system that the way it is so far is the concept of giving nature rights. Here we have the abominable token that corporations are our rights like people. So first of all that, but it's not a living entity. Well, nature's living and we're part of it. And the more we recognize that, uh, the more I think we're better off there. And we've seen that throughout the world now, there have been enactments of rights given to uh, nature of different forms, whether bodies of water or uh, different, uh, uh, sometimes uh, food crops that people depend on, like the Native Americans with a certain type of uh, rice. And in Ecuador, they put it in their constitution and they have used it with success in the courts to keep out some corporate harm projects that were going to harm the the forest and uh, that they depend on. And so they have to look and weigh, all right, well, what, what are the benefits and the cost of these things there? And is it going to cause irreparable harm to society here? So this is the idea. And so here in Ohio, uh, the, in Toledo, the Lake Erie Bill of Rights, because remember they had the they couldn't drink their water several years ago or even touch it for a period of several, like at least three days because of the toxic algae blooms, which keep coming. And we know they're from corporate agriculture. So um, the people passed it overwhelmingly, like uh, two thirds or more than two thirds uh, passed it. And then again, death by democracy, the the state and uh, the corporate entities have used everything to try to, uh, and and in essence, just stop the Lake Erie uh, Bill of Rights from going into effect. But cats out of the bag and 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 the and it drew international attention and in fact one of the organizers spoke at the united nations so this is a way forward and more and more countries uh, around the world and people are recognizing that the, this is one important aspect of trying to save ourselves and our planet well um you all will be our episode one for death by democracy but then we're i'm going to interview all of the other folks that have written a chapter in this book in tandem with each other. And Marky Miller, who was in Toledo and helped pass the Lake Erie Bill of Rights. Hopefully she'll be on the show in a month or so. So um, Susie, can you tell folks how people can get more information and a website that 
um, for for what you do and for rights of nature? The Ohio Community Rights Network, it's ohiocrn.org. And that's where you can find out more information about our state group, uh, also where you can read more about the book. And uh, we last year did a very successful democracy film festival, uh, which was very educational and wonderful, and you know, very successful as far as uh, you know, educating the public uh, about democracy and other things. And we are going to have a film festival this year. We're currently looking at different films. Will that be virtual? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's virtual. One of those where you have a couple days to watch it and then there's a Q&A, usually mm-hmm. on a Sunday afternoon with the mm-hmm. filmmakers. We did People versus Agent Orange last year out of Oregon. It, yeah, just, yeah, incredible. Oregon and Vietnam. Yeah, so uh, mm-hmm. we're doing that. And then, um, again, we always are so grateful for CELDEF, the Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund. And that's actually where their website is where you buy the book online now. I know like Bill and I have hard copies that we're selling locally, but for people that, you know, don't live in an area with, (laughs) right? People that don't live in an area, you know, you can certainly uh, get it online there. We are all about getting the book out. You know, this is not a, you know, a fundraiser or this is a, a consciousness raiser. I actually yeah. got a copy in my library, which is great too. <laughs> yeah. Well, CELDEF is C-E-L-D-F dot org. Mm-hmm. All right. right. And that's where people can buy this book. Well, they can that. still buy it, Carolyn, actually to go to our webpage right on the front is something you can click on and then it'll take you to Seldef's webpage where you What's your webpage? Ohio CRN Community Rights Network that stands for ohiocrn.org very simple if they go to that they'll see right on the front page where they can click to uh, order the book Death by Democracy and it's only $15 and um, I think it's well worth it it's important read I want to hear about uh, the Rights of Nature workshop that's coming up. Oh, yeah. Here in uh, yeah, Columbus, we're having, but it's actually statewide because it's virtual there, that uh, on March 27th from 1 to 3 p.m., Tish O'Dell will be, be the facilitator for the Rights of Nature workshop. And um, let's see, I, 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 I'm not sure if, well, I think what people can do, I don't know if it's on our webpage, Carolyn, but I think people could could write to uh, Columbus Bill of Rights at gmail.com, right? And 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 if they want uh, the link for that there, maybe we'll have to get that on our website. There is something, I believe, on uh, the Facebook page. Oh, it's, it's on the Facebook page. It's okay, on the, great, page, the Ohio, great. on Columbus Community Bill of Rights. It's on the uh-huh. Facebook page. And we'll make sure it's on the website soon, but um, it'll be focused on um, na- uh, the rights of nature, which I mm-hmm. think is a concept that all of us will become very familiar with as we know mm-hmm. that that our democratic processes are have been have not been working for people mm-hmm. that are wanting to protect our our community from corporate harms mm-hmm. and other harms that um, our legislators are not making law to correct. Okay, we have it is 29 minutes and I, I needed you all just one phrase of what you would recommend folks to remember about today? Well, I would just say that 
we have to keep uh, educating ourselves, but we have to do more than that. Then we have to organize or join a group that organize and to agitate to for change because we need it. And you, Susie. I'll uh, quote Rivera Sun, be kind, be connected, be unafraid. Thanks so much for Thank joining you. us. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org in Columbus and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.